to Kinks and Beats Daily. I am your host, Tony Fry. Thank you for joining us today. It is New Year's Eve 2019, if you're listening to this in real time. I hope you guys are having uh, a wonderful end to your 2019 and have some fun planned for this evening. Maybe you'll hear the topic of today's podcast while you're out at your parties, although I do question the kind of parties you attend that are playing songs from 1974 at the stroke of midnight. But this would be an appropriate one. Today we're talking about Ding Dong Ding Dong by George Harrison. It was released uh, as a UK single on December 6, 1974. It was released as a Dark Horse track on December 9th, 1974, and then as a US single on December 23rd, 1974. So uh, this, this track popped up in a few places around the world all throughout the, the month of December 1974. And it is obviously attempting to be a holiday track. And it was a top 40 hit in the UK and the US. It was a top 20 hit in other countries around the world. But, you know, it sold fairly well for being a tune that um, in America was released nine days before New Year's. It's a New Year's song, and it was released nine days early, two days before Christmas. So, you know, George kind of missed the boat as far as being able to capitalize on holiday radio plays. And he probably did in the UK as well. Who knows what this uh, track would have charted at had it been released like early November 1974 instead. It's an attempt by Harrison to recreate the Phil Spector wall of sound uh, that was employed on his Christmas album from 1962 or three, I forget. You can read all about that Christmas album at herohabit.com if you're still in the mood for Christmas things. Uh, he'd worked with Spectre on All Things Must Pass and uh, a couple tracks here and there. Spectre, obviously, we all know, uh, reproduced the Let It Be sessions. And then he worked with uh, Lennon a few times, including on Lennon's Christmas track, Happy Christmas, War is Over. So Phil Spector has a sound that George Harrison likes, he appreciates, and he knows how to emulate because he watched it firsthand. And you can kind of tell what he was going for. If you look at the personnel on this single, you got George on vocals, guitars, organ, clavinet, percussion, background vocals. Tom Scott on horns, Gary Wright on piano, Klaus Vorman on bass, one of my favorite bass players, Jim Keltner and Ringo Starr, both on drums, two of my favorite drummers, Ron Wood from uh, Faces and the Rolling Stones on guitar, Alvin Lee on guitar, Mick Jones on guitar, and then a choir of female singers, which according to the Wikipedia page, they're uncredited, uncredited, Um, it could also be, they could be studio musicians or singers, but they could also just be uh, tape-affected Harrison vocals. Who knows? If you go to the Wikipedia page for this this one song, this one top 40 song that is uh, incredibly hated by critics at the time, afterwards, currently, critics hate this song. They hate this period of Harrison's career. Dark Horse was an album that got just universally panned by critics, I think unfairly, but I'll save that for when we actually talk about the whole album. I have some 
some specific thoughts about the Dark Horse album. But if you go to the Wikipedia page, there's more written about this one little throwaway holiday song than there is on several albums that we've talked about. It's kind of crazy that this song has generated so much uh, print, but it does come at an interesting time in George's career. He's on the way to a divorce with Patty. He is starting to date Olivia, who was his wife until he passed. She actually appears on the picture sleeve of some of the of the, the 45s. Uh, he has Ringo on this uh, session, the same drummer who a month after the recording session, he will uh, publicly say that he's in love with Ringo's wife and have an affair with her. But he's on this uh, album. So there's a lot of stuff going on in George's life at this point. He's on a... a uh, uh, on his way to a, a North American tour that is going to get just destroyed by critics. He's losing his voice. There's a lot happening. So I get why there's a lot written about this. I think Harrison's voice on this song actually sounds cool, raspy. Um, there are a couple of moments on the Dark Horse album in general where it doesn't sound great, but the, I think there are actually moments when the, the hoarseness of his voice um suits the song and in this case i think it does too so as was the case for a few harrison tracks um the lyrics to this were inspired by things that were engraved on his house wall by one of the previous owners sir frankie or lord frankie crisp i forget if he's a sir or a lord or both those things or neither of those things but frankie crisp um left all these inscriptions on the walls, on the trees, in the caves underneath the house, all over the place. There are inscriptions that George incorporated into his verses pretty much from 1970 on, which is when he moved into the house. And you, you can see the house uh, on the inside cover of Living in the Material World. Um, the garden on the front of All Things Must Pass is the garden from this house. So the lyrics are stupid simple. Ring out the old, ring in the new. That was inscribed on the left side of one of his fireplaces. Um, ring out the false, ring in the true was inscribed on the right side of his fireplace. Okay, that's cool. So that's verse. That's the verse. Ring out the old, ring in the new. Ring out the old, ring in the new. Ring out the false, ring in the true. Ring out the old, ring in the new. Pretty simple stuff. It's nursery rhyme songwriting. The chorus is literally ding dong, repeated over and over and over. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. So it is either eight o'clock or 16 o'clock, depending on how you count the ding and the dong. So not really a midnight song, I guess. We can sing it at eight o'clock tonight. And then the verse he does, uh, yesterday, today was tomorrow, and tomorrow, today will be yesterday. That's another inscription he found. So he actually, except for Ding Dong, Ding Dong, one of the greatest songwriters of the 20th century, didn't actually come up with any of the lyrics for this uh, for this tune. What does make this tune cool, and I do like this song, it is a little bit dumb, obviously. It's called Ding Dong, Ding Dong. Um, but the chord progressions here are... Just straight up George Harrison chord progressions. And we're going to talk a about a lot. We're going to talk about this a lot as we dive deeper into his solo catalog and, and the rest of his Beatles stuff. 
the dude wrote more chords in a song than just about anybody. So uh, it starts off in the key of D. Uh, it starts on a four chord because we have a two. The, the first ding dong of the chorus is actually the last two beats of the preceding measure. So it starts with a pickup. Ding dong, ding dong. Ding dong, ding dong. Ding dong, ding dong. Ding dong, ding dong. So it's one to four. Then he does a B7, which uh, takes us into the new key. So he switches to the key of E. Now off of the, um, we're in the key of D. Uh, a B7 would be a five of two. Okay. I mean, that's true, but. Um, but then instead of going to the minor, which would be the actual two, he goes to major. So we shift to E major where he does one to five. Bring out the old, ring in the new. Bring out the old, ring in the new. Then he does a major two. So that's, we talked about that before, five of five. So uh, he stays on the five chord. So he's going one to five. Bring out the old, ring in the new five. Then he stays on it. Bring out the false, ring in the to five. So now we've completely shifted to the key of B. So we've gone in the chorus, we're in D. The first two bars of the or two lines of the verse, we're in E. Then we shift to B and then uh, back to D for the chorus. ding dong now if you're looking at the chords online trying to figure out how to play this at the party tonight um, every single place I found chords for this has it wrong so the yesterday today is tomorrow they all put it as an a sharp to a G sharp that is absolutely wrong what he's doing is an E flat major chord and that's coming off of um, he does ding dong ding dong B7, which should resolve to an E, but he resolves to an E flat. And you can hear in the recording, even he has a hard time pulling this, this chord up. That's a tough thing to sing, to be going. Uh, it's, a, it's a weird one. So he's doing E flat major. Yesterday, today was tomorrow. A flat minor, so our first minor chord of the song, and tomorrow, today will be yesterday, then to B7, then we're back to E. So he shifts to like five keys in this song. There's more key changes in this song than there are words in this song. And it's cool. Uh, the arrangement's awesome. I think uh, Dark Horse suffers from the mixing. And if they were to give me uh, a week 
with the master tapes, I would love to remix this one. This is this, and I would love to remix a stripped down version of All Things Must Pass. So if Danny or Olivia are ever listening to this, um, I, all you got to do is pay my hotel. I would do it for free. I, this this album, there's a lot of good music on the Dark Horse album, and I think it suffers because it was rushed. George was running out of time. He needed to get it out, you know, by Christmas, and then he had the the, the tour, and this was the tour was to support this album. So he needed to get this music out. And I just think it was rushed. It does not hold up to the same quality of what came before it with living in the material world and all things must pass or what came after it, like with 33 and a third, which is a beautifully mixed and mastered album. Um, So I think this was just a rush job all the way through, but there are good songs on here and there's great musicianship and ding dong, ding dong is not any different from that. Um, it's catchy. It's got some clever chord changes that you know are ear catchy, and the production achieves what it set out to do, which was to be you know a, a Phil Spector type holiday song. I'm not surprised we don't hear it often on the radio nowadays because it is more focused on New Year's than Christmas. But um, I kind of wish it would be played now and then. I will play it at midnight tonight. And uh, have a shot for George in memory. If you'd like to give me a call, do it at 925-494-1739. Let me know what you think about any Kinks or Beatles related music, whether you like it or hate it, or have a special story associated with it. And I will play those messages on future podcasts. It can be stuff we've talked about, stuff we haven't talked about. Also, swing by herohabit.com to stay up to date on all the stuff on the podcast, as well as other things that I write about the Beatles or the Kinks and other musical things. And you can email me kinksandbeats at herohabit.com. And why don't you bring in 2020 with um, good karma and go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and review. I would appreciate that a ton. It would help the podcast a ton. And uh, the more people that hear this and see this, uh, the, the longer we can keep it going. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great uh, New Year's Eve tonight. Celebrate safely so that we can all uh, meet up tomorrow and talk about Waterloo Sunset. Is it the Kinks' greatest song of all time? We will discuss. Have a great New Year's, guys. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by HeroHabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. HeroHabit.com. Collect your heroes.